gonna need a bigger boat. Throughout history, they have been a part of our American life. Men and women who have made it their mission to serve their fellow man. They've worked hard enough. Isn't it time? They had their own movie. Clerks. This job would be great if it wasn't for the customers. I, I don't bother them and they don't bother me. I could do without the people in the video store. Do you have that one with that? Coming to you from a bunker in the Pacific Northwest, this is Mikey. And Carly. And this is the Midnight Picture Show. Hello! Fair listeners, hello! <laughs> Here we are, episode 17. Bum, bum, bum. November 12th. Oh, that's confusing. <laughs> bum, bum, this week, we watched... A little gem. <laughs> we watched a movie this week uh, from 1994 called Clerks. Oh, this is my second time watching it. I think so, yeah. 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 I thoroughly enjoyed. Yes. Um, <clears throat> Clerks is one of those movies... That, uh, you know, you can revisit multiple times and I'm not going to say the plot is pretty easy to follow. Oh I mean, yeah, for really, sure. You know, it's very straightforward, but it's one of those movies you, every time you watch it, you notice just some little Easter egg, some little something hidden just, something. Yeah, every time something different. And I mean, there's a lot to look at in the movie. There yeah. is like visually there's a lot to look at yes. because of the video store and the convenience store. But the whole thing is so line heavy, yes. dialogue heavy, yes. that you're always hearing something new. Yeah. You're you know? like, because there a lot of the characters, especially Randall. Yeah. Speaks so fast. Yeah, he really does. He'll just fast. like, it'll just have like chunks of like word vomit. Yeah. And you're like, wait, wait, what? And then you'll pick up on a new thing and you're like, oh, oh. what? <laughs> well, yeah. So, uh, clerks. Uh, I think, you know, let's just kind of jump right into the autopsy report. All right. So here we have the black and white 90s phenomenon that is Clerks from 1994. Yeah, for real. It is a snapshot. It is. Of the 90s. That's what I said at the end of the last episode. And then when I re, you know, we were watching it, I was like, yeah, it, it doesn't really incorporate too much of things that happened prior to, you know, early 90s. And it doesn't really start to incorporate that late 90s kind Mm -hmm, of new, mm -hmm. you know, the anticipation of the millennium kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so. Clerks, written and directed by the legendary Kevin Smith, uh, who, of course, was born in New Jersey, as is very well known about him. Yes, yes, right. A little piece of New Jersey follows him everywhere. Oh, for sure. He's an East Coast boy. Yeah. His first movie ever was Clerks, and it was filmed in the same exact convenience store where Smith himself worked. He was only allowed to film at night after the store closed. Um, and, uh, when this film was presented at the Sundance Film Festival, it actually won the highest award wow. at that festival. Wow. So he met Jason Mewes, obviously mm-hmm. Jay from Jay and Silent Bob, while, uh, working at a youth center and he, re- and they realized they both had a, a love for comic books and that kind of started their friendship. And so they've kind of been friends ever since childhood. Yeah. Which makes sense. Uh, when we've watched videos and stuff where they go to Comic Cons and stuff together, they always just oh, have yeah. this awesome back and forth. Like they have a really good dynamic. They, they're more like brothers than yeah, friends. Yeah, if That's what it's like. Um, so he was uh, inspired when he saw Richard Linklater's movie called Slackers. This inspired him to be a filmmaker. He has since made 13 feature films since 1994 and has been the screenwriter for every single one of them except the movie Cop Out in 2010. Um, I don't really have an interesting story behind that. It was just a little fun fact. So, um, you know, another thing that's known about Kevin Smith is he's a frequent user of cannabis and he is not shy about this at all. all. Uh, Luckily, he lives in California where recreational cannabis use is legal. Mm -hmm. So this isn't like some big controversial thing. Um, He has uh, on his various podcasts he runs, he'll... I'll openly talk about, you yeah, know, smoke about meat, all, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's actually funny because that wasn't like his whole life. I was under the impression that he was just a pothead since whenever. Yeah, me too. No, he only started smoking cannabis after working with Seth Rogen on the movie Zack and Mary Make a Porno. <gasps> no way! Yes. He worked on that movie? Was he in the movie? He directed that movie. I didn't know that. Kevin Smith. I didn't know that. Directed the movie. I love that movie. Yes. And, and now Jason I know Mewes why. is in it. 
you got to think back. Well, I, I do. Mean, yeah, we, I got it. It's been a long, 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 long time it's since we saw that. But but yeah, I thought that was interesting. He it actually is. stopped smoking cigarettes. Oh, and well, yeah, that's a good He that's, stopped smoking yeah, cigarettes and then kind of did that because it's like less frequent. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, and it's arguably not uh, as health damaging right less of the you know artificial chemicals there we go there we go go, go. so um that being said uh you know before we move on to the two main actors of this movie you know i've had i've noticed this now um my brother-in-law is a huge fan of kevin smith and the view askewiverse the view askewiverse. View askewiverse. 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 Because the view askew was Kevin Smith's production company, uh-huh. and his that was like on all of his main stuff. Anything that has like Jane Silent Bob in it yeah. tends to be part of that. Well, I like. I think it's really cool that Kevin Smith does that. Yeah, like he puts everything in the same in the universe, same, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah, why not? So yeah, the view askew universe. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to. Yeah, it does, is. does not roll off the tongue. No, <laughs> um, but one thing I've noticed because you know after talking to my brother in law and stuff, I, it, I always was under just the impression that it was like common knowledge that you know Kevin Smith was a a likable guy, but I've come to realize as I've talked to other people, he's pretty divisive. It's one of those like either you love him. Or you hate him. I think he's very opinionated. And I think but, he's at the point in his maybe he was like this his whole life. How right. would I know? But it does seem that like now his name is kind of a household name. Right. Um, be especially because of like all the uh comic book movies and yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. Um, and so I think at this point he's kind of like, This is my opinion, take it or leave it. You know? I, I don't I mean, think he's he's not very uh, apologetic for how he feels about things. Well, I mean, I I agree. I agree. I don't know what I don't is. think that's I don't, a bad thing. No, I don't think so at all. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I just for me, I don't really see the reason that anyone would dislike him because I've I seen agree. people have likeable. literal strong feelings like, oh, I hate him. And mm-hmm. and usually the res- the the reasoning is never that good. In my uh-huh. opinion, it's either they they don't like him because he's like he's like been emotional Oh, okay. And now, I, right. now okay. if they want to criticize his movies, I could see this. And I'll get into this a little bit more. But there is this through line that, you know, he writes a lot of guy characters mm-hmm. as kind of like simps for a girl. Where right, yeah. They, yeah. they are desperately in love with a girl. And the girl is like way out of their league. And the guy is usually some kind of like misfit, kind of loner you know, uh, nerd and somehow the gods bestow (laughs) upon him, you know, this beautiful way too cool for him. Yeah. And I mean like, but that's a trope. That's a trope in a lot of stuff. Like Fred and Wilma. Right. Look at, I mean, the Simpsons family guy. Yeah. Uh, King of Queens. Yeah. Everybody loves Raymond. Right. Like that's a thing. It is. I I mean, maybe it's something that either he felt that's how he was in his life. And I mean, like we obviously do not know him personally. That would be amazing. Right. Um, but we know through like the grapevine, like the Kevin Bacon, was it the seven degrees degrees, Yeah. Whatever. We Um, know someone who 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 knows him. him. Yeah. And, it does kind of seem like that's a little bit like his relationship with his wife. Right. Like, I don't know anything. I'm not saying they're not actually in love, but based on like how he talks about her, right, is kind of like that. Like he like where worships he's, like, the like yeah. she's way too cool for oh, me. Yeah, totally. I suck. Mm-hmm. She's the best. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's just his view, and it bleeds over. Yeah. I mean, you can't get yourself out of but your writing. But this is all hearsay too. So. This is true. This, I mean, is true. <laughs> this is all coming from the person her, who. Who knows a person who knows him. Yeah, knows a guy who knows a guy who <laughs> spoke to a friend. Um, so, that being said, we're going to move into these actors here. So, the two main actors. There's a few other actors in here. Supporting um, roles. Supporting roles. But the two main characters, the clerks, if you will, are Dante Hicks and Randall Graves. So, Dante Hicks is played by Brian O'Halloran. From New York City, a first-generation immigrant. His parents uh, moved here from Ireland, which oh, is kind of wow. cool. Yeah. Known for Clerks and Clerks 2 and Mallrats. And uh, currently does live theater in New York. Like, this was, like, kind of his first kind of big-ish foray yeah, into acting. Yeah. And so he took that and kind of ran with it. And his momentum kind of took him into the live stage performances. Uh, yeah. Um, 
And uh, and then so then we have Randall Graves, played by Jeff Anderson from New Jersey. Aside from acting, he has also directed a movie that he also wrote called Now You Know. And this was in 2002. Now, oh. um, it probably was a very small release. I've never heard of this movie. I have. Uh-uh. He's made cameos in Zack and Mary, Make a Porno, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. He was also obviously in Clerks 2 as Randall. And so basically, Clerks 2 is a... A similar, although in color, a similar storyline, but instead of being at a uh, convenience store in a video store, it was at the movies uh, fictional, oh, yeah, fictional yeah. Um, yeah. fast food joint. Yes. Movies. Movies, yes. yeah. So uh, the synopsis of this here, uh, I'm going to try and piece this together because this it was a lot longer than this and I kind of had to chop it down. <laughs> so... Dante has a crummy job at a convenience store. While still enamored of his high school sweetheart, Caitlin, he is now in a serious relationship with the long-suffering Veronica, who wants him to quit his job and go to college. His best friend, Randall, works at the video store next door. The movie covers one eventful day on the job. That being said, um, I mean, there are a few notable scenes. One of the things I love most about this movie, and I know while we were watching it, I just could not for the life of me stop saying this because it was just always in my head was how incredibly relatable oh, yeah. a lot of these scenes and oh, sequences yeah. were. For sure. I mean, I currently work in the service industry. Uh, me and Carly are from Vegas and that's a very service industry centric town. I mean, you know, it's not all it is, is customer service. Right. I mean, things are changing. There's, you know, Amazon's bringing a lot of jobs there, things like that. But the time that we were growing up in Vegas, it was of that customer service only. Like Mm -hmm. if you could not work Friday, Saturday and Sunday, you do not have a job. Like that's split days off, split days off. You know, your your days off are usually a Tuesday or well, that's Wednesday. Why, um and all the locals casinos for the nightclubs, yep, it was industry night. Yes, yeah, because everyone night, service industry night, yeah, Wednesdays. Yeah, everyone had that like had the middle of the week off. Yep. And those bartenders, <laughs> man, they got tipped nice. Yes. Because we nice. knew. We're like, thank you for being here. Thank you here. for being here. <laughs> We're you're one of us. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, they would have cool things where you would get into clubs free if you had your like health uh-huh. health card yes. for to serve mm-hmm. food or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I mean, th- that's the thing is this movie is a little extreme in the sense where a lot of these situations I personally would never allow to happen. Oh no, because and we'll get into that. But the the movie opens with uh, Dante, who assuming the night before was out drinking or drank or party. He stayed up late. Yeah, he was not intending to work the next day. He fully yeah was expecting to have the day off. And yeah, his boss. He like woke up in his closet. He woke up or in something. his closet. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so his boss calls him. He, you know, answers the phone, and and this was before the the days of oh, caller ID. Because no. I know yeah, if it was true. my day off, I wouldn't have answered. And it. I saw it was my boss. No, like, I'm dead. Voicemail. I t- voicemail. I tell everyone at work. I said, well, Listen, even like, what do you need to do? Unplug your phone? Like now, yeah, we just turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> no, I tell everyone at work. Um, yeah, if you're thinking about calling me on my day off, I'm, I'm dead. Don't on exist. my days off, I'm dead. I've, just assume Mike dies. Yeah. And on, you know, on Monday, I I resurrect Monday morning. (laughs) I'm dead. I'm like a a vampire. So, yeah, he, you know, has this. He gets called into work and he has this very. Kevin Smith is, let's say, he has mixed quality at writing dialogue. Right. But this particular scene was so real. The rhythm, the pacing of the conversation oh, okay. struck me to my core because I've had this, this exact, exact conversation. Because he's like, but I'm not even supposed to be here today. Yeah. Really? It's my day off. Okay. Well, okay. I'll come in. But what time are you going to be in? Yes. Yes. And it's like bargaining. And he even says like, you're in at 12 or I walk. Yeah. yeah if, as soon as you're in, that's it. All right. Yeah, yeah you're exactly. in at 12 you're and I walk. Ta- yes. Yeah. And I have been in the, I mean, we worked at Starbucks, Oh, child. you know, I mean, it's, I experienced, mm. so, so that, 
Um, it was fun to watch, but yet painful but to watch. painful. Well, so, going off that, so they are, Clerks was registered in the um, National Film Registry for the Library of Congress, which right. is amazing. Yes, as was Rocky um, Horror. As was Rocky Horror. Mm-hmm. Um, but going along with that, the reason why is because they said it's culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. It is, for like, that not time. Not only is it a snapshot of the 90s, sure, right. it is an continuous snapshot if you will of customer service it and is. what it is to work in retail yeah it's, it's working with the public american retail and, yeah absolutely american retail right yeah oh absolutely it like, was that's that's gonna be never ending yeah that's an always people could watch this 50 years from now and be like oh, oh my god <laughs> yeah exactly it, you know, and, and it's funny because we actually watched this a little later. It's not part of this podcast, but we watched the movie Waiting. Oh, yes. Which in its, it's a little more crude. It's a little more dated, I think. I love you that know, movie. But it's great. It's funny and hilarious. But a lot of the stuff that you see in that, if you've ever worked in food service, oh my God. you look at that and that movie is like the calling card of like food service people. Kind of like how Clerks is the calling card of retail people. Yeah. If you worked in, you know, any kind of customer service, you're just like, oh my God, this is life. This yes. is how it is. Um, so I remember distinctly there's this scene where Dante is painting Veronica's nails and they kind of oh, get- yeah! Yeah, and they kind of had the. That's that was the beginning of the end. This was the beginning of the main thing was because they started having this conversation about how many people they've had sex with. Right. And Dante says that he's only had sex with like eleven people his whole life. Eleven girls. Eleven. But they're only twenty two. Oh yeah, I I found out. Okay, they they look way older. He looks older. They all. But no, I found out they're twenty two. So that is a lot. That's a lot. But okay, go ahead. Go on. Go on. I mean, for him, yeah. And but then Veronica says that what she's only had sex with she's what she's never had she's only with him. No, in her life. Yeah, I think it's just him, but she's done other stuff. Wait, no, he's took her virginity. I don't know. I think she said she was with five people. Oh, okay. But she gave like thirty six blowjobs. Thirty six. Yes. That and and so it was so funny. It, this is what was funny because it all started because some guy comes in and she, and Veronica's there and she sees him and he's a customer and they're kind of making these weird eyes at each other like it's awkward. It's awkward. Like she's looking yeah. at him like not trying to make eye contact and he's looking at her like oh oh yeah, it's you it's you so. So then when he leaves, she says that that guy's nickname was Snowball, which yeah. is a nickname for a sexual act. An I won't, act, I won't yeah. gross you with the, gross you out with the details, but uh, just look up Urban Dictionary, yeah. Snowball. It's not hard to look it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, we know. But so she, she did that with him. And so yes. he, he is called Snowball. He's called, his nickname is Snowball amongst yeah. her and her friends yeah. or whatever. And so when Dante heard that, he was like, wait, you were with him? Yeah. And then... He's like, but wait, you, but you said you were only with yeah, whatever. you didn't have sex. You you never had sex with him. Yeah, and she's like, well, I know, but I I did other stuff with him. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. But so, how many people did you do other stuff with? Yeah, and then she specified, and I thought what I thought was weird was she had the number at the ready. Oh man, thirty six. Yeah. Thirty six. And then he's like, and then he blows up. It's like a famous line. You suck 36 dicks. Yes. Like it like. So it's like that line. That line. And I'm not even supposed to be here today. I'm not even supposed to be here. Those are like the two. The two. Over and over again. Yes. And so it's very interesting that that kind of dynamic where basically Dante judges her very harshly. Yes. And is, is completely and totally grossed out. Yes. And that becomes the the question of the entire movie. That's Dante's trajectory because it th- the fact that he's not supposed to work that day, and the fact that his girlfriend, who he does have feelings for, yeah. uh, and is committed to, yes. um, had more partners sexually than he thought. I think way more than he thought. I think that's the overall theme: is he is very judgmental of other people, but not himself. Yes, he's not introspective, and Randall yeah. kind of puts him on blast. Oh, totally. At the end. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I have. I have that. Yes. The the next most famous scene is one of the things that they're leading up. It's a huge plot point because the whole thing was Dante is telling everyone, "Hey, listen, I have a hockey game at two. And that was the whole negotiation with the boss is like, listen, I'll come, 
But I have a hockey game at 2, yeah. and so I'm out at 12. I'm gone, yeah. Well, long story short, the boss apparently goes out of town, yeah. leaving Dante totally screwed to watch the So he the, has to work the, the whole day. He has to work the whole day. He's opening to close. He's cloping. Clo oh, no, not cloping. He's, he's, he's just opening and closing. Yeah. And so they decide to have the hockey game on the roof. So they go on the roof. They set up, you know, it's like roller hockey kind of thing. And uh, a disgruntled customer climbs onto the roof with a ladder and takes their ball they're using as the puck and, like, chucks it into the woods. Yeah. And so, and like... It's the only ball they had. They played... They didn't bring a spare. They didn't bring a spare. They only played for, like, what? 12 Like, 12 minutes. minutes. Yeah. The, okay. 12 minutes. 12 minutes. Yeah. And so it's what just... Was that, like, not even a... Not even a period. A period. Period is 19. <laughs> yeah. That sucks. And so it's just... It, that kind of... That moment, I was like... You know, of course, it figures. Of course, he is the quintessential East Coast guy that, like, nothing can go right in his life. Yes. I know he's from Jersey just by talking yes. to him for five minutes. So, uh, there, I have uh, just, like, two more scenes here, but was there anything, any notable scenes that stood out to um, you? Well, I have some stuff about, like, his self-sabotaging and, like, his relationships, but it's someone you haven't touched on yet, so I was going to wait. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so another one of my, well, one of my favorites is that I just can't, it, it, it just, it tickles me every time is when, uh, there's this woman coming in to the video store, oh Randall's video my store God. with her son, oh, no, her son, her daughter, her kid. Yes. A young kid, and she was like looking. It, it sounded to me like as soon as I heard, I was like, "Paw Patrol." <laughs> did, did they did they foreshadow Paw Patrol? But this woman comes in with her kid and is looking for like some puppy dog movie. I guess the way the move the video stores ran at the time was they had a distribution center. You had to call them, and then they would make a drop or delivery that day. Yeah, of I the think movies. they would say like, "Oh, for Mister Jones, he wants he wants this. James Bond, right. Mrs. Doubtfire, whatever." And then, and they, then would they would bring, bring it. it. And so basically, it, it appears that this <laughs> video store is frequented by like everyone that's just into porn. Oh my because God. Because Randall spends, I would say like a good three minutes, four solid. minutes, solid, nonstop, just, just listing. listing all these like, like backdoor sluts, five. Oh my God. Come covered sluts, yeah, seven. Yeah, like some really graphic. <laughs> yeah, like... What? And it's all in front of this mom all, and her kids. She's just waiting. Yeah. And then after he like comes off of this like litany of oh all these like gosh. just Horrible. disgustingly graphic yeah. titles, he's like, "Oh, what was that movie you wanted?" And like, like I love Randall. <laughs> Randall, he I want to be care. Randall. Like yeah. I want like that's the thing. What is it? It was one character I liked uh, so much. Um, it's just cause he doesn't care. Just doesn't care. Is just, I just, I wish I had that confidence. It's just Randall energy. Randall energy. Just like, don't care. You get your Randall energy. Yeah, man. <laughs> I think what you're talking about, you're going to be talking about what, who, Veronica? Uh, Caitlin. Caitlin. Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I guess at some point later in the movie, Veronica and Dante kind of well, patch things up, but yeah. Caitlin, the ex is his ex-girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend from high school comes in. Yeah. So yeah, I guess. Yeah. So basically like, you know about Veronica cause you see her and that's his current girlfriend and she's obviously like committed to him, you know? Um, and then he talks about he brings her. She brings him lunch. So yes, she so brings him lunch. They have this fight right. about their sexual partners, and then he doesn't do anything to like try and reconcile at all. In fact, he's talking to Randall about his ex, Caitlin. Right. Um, and how he's actually been secretly talking to her. Oh. And meanwhile, Veronica comes back to apologize by making him a lasagna. For lunch, she made him a lasagna, a whole lasagna, a whole ass lasagna to sit to apologize mm. and to like reconcile. Um, then you find out that so she leaves and she's in school, so she goes to class, not in school, school, she's in university, right? So she goes to class, and then Randall comes over with a newspaper and is like, Hey, look, your ex Caitlin is getting married, and Dante like loses it. And, like, this whole time he's playing, like, no, nah, I don't really want to get back with her. Like, mm, we've been talking, but eh. right. as soon as he sees that she's engaged, 
he loses it and he's like i gotta i gotta talk to her i need to find out what's going on this isn't right this isn't cool it was he clearly thought it was more serious than she did yeah yeah so basically she ends up coming to the store Mm -hmm. and uh they decide to go on a date yeah so he leaves to go get ready she ends up (laughs) having sex with she's not sleeping with him having sex with a dead body yeah, in a bathroom. In the bathroom. That's that's so that's, that's a plot so point we didn't super touch quick, on. But yeah. super quick, an old Jewish man, definitely Jewish, has to be Jewish. <laughs> from one Jew we, to another. From one Jew to another. Yeah, he we, was we definitely assumed, Jewish. Yeah, the way he. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so he comes in. And he basically just wants a free place to go and wank. have a good have, time. Have a good wank. A, yes. Have yes. A with wank. a porno mag. With the porno. And mag. he ends up dying from a heart attack. Yeah. Um. And the r- bathroom light doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So she goes in there, thinks Dante is surprising her, being at and, the ready. Yeah, and so then, she, yeah, so then she gets frisky with the dead body, doesn't know, and then she comes back out and sees Dante at the counter, and she's like, "Oh, that was the most amazing sex I've ever had. Right. We didn't. You were quiet the I whole love time. That you didn't even move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you find out that it was because it was a dead body, and it then she becomes like catatonic. So this is what I kind of have. The horrible revenge, Kevin Smith. My I God. know. Like, did she deserve that? I know. Oh, so God. the thing is, is obviously um, Dante never got over Caitlin. And we know throughout the course of the movie that they broke up because Caitlin kept cheating on him. Yes. Right? Right. So it's like you have a girl, Veronica, who is head over heels for you. She is super supportive. She's telling him all the time, like, you're better than working at a convenience store. You should go back to college. Yeah, yeah, right. You're way better than this. She's actually, like, a cheerleader for him. Yeah. Right. And, like, she's not with him for, like, the money. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) You know what I mean? Obviously. But he's still obsessed with this girl, Caitlin, who is, like, well known for being a slut. Mm. But he was giving Veronica a hard time. For being sexually active when meanwhile Double his ex girlfriend. Right. Yeah. And then he doesn't really care that much about Caitlin until she is technically unobtainable because now she's engaged. Right. So he like makes a move to go on a date with her once he finds out she's engaged and out and I can't ever have her again. You know, like that whole kind right. of trope. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with like the Veronica Caitlin double standards yeah. kind of thing. Um, and then the other thing I was going to talk about was with Randall and just how, like, the two of them are perfect, like, parallels of each other, mm-hmm. um, like a dichotomy. Yeah. So you have Dante, who is just miserable. Right. The entire time we see him, he's miserable. He's complaining about his job. He's complaining about his life. He's, he's complaining about everybody that's coming into the store. Right. Meanwhile, directly next door, Randall is always in a good mood. Right. Like, he, he just doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't care. Nothing phases him. He doesn't complain about anything at right. all. Like, he's just living his life, whatever. And then finally, he snaps at Dante at the end and just says, like, why don't you make the change to make your life better instead of complaining about it being shitty? Right. Like, you are the one who can make the change, not other people making it for you. Yeah. Yeah. You it's it, it was uh, It was interesting that kind of... That the wisdom comes from the guy who... Who looks like a... A total, like, screw-up. Yeah. Like, you know, chewing gum, hat on backwards. Yeah, And and honestly, like, he is... The hands down like the worst employee ever oh he's not God. even at his store <laughs> no. no he he closes the store the whole yeah, day he basically just like locks the, the door hangs out with dante the whole day and people come into the convenience store yeah to to ask if the video store is open the video and store randall's though. just like no no i mean he a little girl accidentally purchases it well Purchase she purposefully c- does yeah but they accidentally sell a four-year-old cigarettes yes and it's Randall who does it's it. It's Randall cause he because he's not watching. He literally just hands it. Yeah, he, gives accept- her he takes too. the money and gives her. Yeah, and yeah. gives her the cigarettes. Yeah, it's um no, I I think out of this, like Randall is very much my favorite character in this movie. I think in a lot of ways, Kevin Smith put himself as Dante. Yeah, and yeah. Randall is who he wishes he was. Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. You yes. know, he, okay, Randall doesn't have uh, the best life. He doesn't have uh, a good job. He's not, 
you know, up and coming as in some kind of like status, but he, he knows where he is in life and he's comfortable yeah. in it. Yeah. And honestly, like coming from my own personal life experience, like that's half the battle Yeah. because I've been that person that is just at work or at school, just miserable all day long with my situation. But then at the end of the day, I go home and I do nothing to change it. And so you're like, exactly. And it's just, you know, it's life is living you. You're not living. Exactly. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, and I was going to say, um, so the way the movie ends is, uh, Dante decides that he is going to go and he is going to go and apologize to Veronica and Mm -hmm. make up with her. And, I think he even says he's going to go to the hospital to make sure Caitlin's okay. Right. But that he's going to go and reconcile with Veronica. Like, that's his choice. That, you're right. Um, and so then the movie ends with Randall throwing the, I assure you we're open. Yeah. Sign, sign at him and says, like, you're closed. That's right. how it ends. Yeah. How it originally ended and was yeah. filmed and everything. Oh, okay. No, yeah, no. It went to screening and it did really bad. Mm. So they just cut it out. Okay. So... It, they so it it goes from him throwing it saying you're closed, they cut it. That's the end. Really, what happened is he goes and he starts doing the register and counting money and stuff, and a customer comes in and he tells the customer, "Sorry, we're closed," and the customer shoots him and kills him. What? Mm-hmm. And he dies behind the counter, so people can't see him. And then earlier in the movie, at some point, I don't know if I don't I'm I think they showed it, but I don't remember the circumstances. Um, Randall disconnects like the security cameras. So the idea is that they don't have footage of who did it. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. I could. So, okay, go so, on. so of course it was, ho- no one liked it, obviously. So then Kevin Smith's like, never mind. But he said that he said he did it for three reasons is, um, one was the irony because he's not even supposed to be there today. Not even supposed to be there today. Um, the second was, um, to pay homage to Spike Lee's do the right thing. Okay. Um, because it was a comedy that ended darkly. Right. Um, and then he said the third was because he's just not good at writing movies. <laughs> There's Kevin being all self-deprecating yet again. Um. Yeah. No, I could, I could see. Oh, it says because I didn't know how to end a film. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, no, I think him tossing and saying, hey, you're closed. I think it's, I think that was the perfect little button. Good. Yeah. You know, because it ended on a hopeful note. Mm-hmm. It ended on this kind of, you know what, I'm going to make a change. Yeah. And I mean, you find out in Clerks too that not a whole lot well, of changes Well, you know what's kind made. of funny now that I'm thinking about it is Randall just got done telling him, you have to make the changes that you want. Right. But like, and you have to make those decisions for yourself. Don't expect other people to do it. But then, right, right after he says that, Randall makes the decision of saying, like, "No, you're closed." You know. No, I, th- I think he was throwing the sign in because he was like, "Hey." No, I mean, put I think they down. legitimately were closed. Yeah. No, I know, I get that, but it's still like him saying that. That was v- very um, charged of saying like. You're closed. Go home. Stop being. Oh, stop right. being the the workhorse. Mm-hmm. Go do what you need to do. Go do what you need to do. Um, Quit this which job is and go the, to college. Right, which is the irony because he just said like make your own decisions. Yeah, but I think even Randall at that point is like, okay, I still I need to help you. I need I to need push to, you yeah, along. Yeah, push you the the push you in the right direction. It, well, and I think the turning point for the relationship was actually a line from Kevin Smith himself, a Silent mm-hmm. Bob. Where he says something, he's like, "Where, yeah, because that was the whole thing with whenever there was Jay and Silent Bob in a movie is Silent Bob was silent the whole time until the end. And he always came out with some poignant Mm -hmm. wisdom. And then that was it. And everyone's like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. But um, what was it? He said uh, about Veronica, he was like, yeah, girls. He was like, uh, yeah, hot girls are great, but they'll probably cheat on you. Not yeah. every girl is going to make you bring L- you bring lasagna. Bring you lasagna. Right. And that was, I mean, that's true. Like, it it really kind of puts it in perspective. It's like, you know, you watch all these, like, shows with all these, like, gorgeous people on it. And you're like, well, yeah, but they're incredibly shallow. And, yes, exactly. You know? Like, all the dating shows. Yeah, all the dating shows. Yeah, like, you, you're shallow. But, you know, this person, hey, they might be beautiful. They might be, look like Quasimodo. But at the end of the day, <laughs> if they're there for you, they're, they're there for you. you. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's what matters because that's what and stays. that's the thing is, like, you can't, as Dante, you can't expect 
a person like Veronica to stay with you if you're not going to put in the equal effort back. Right, because she can only do this kind of stuff for so long. Oh, totally. And yeah. that's where what we see in the movie is her, like, last straw. Yeah. Where she's like, well, F this. Yeah. You know? Because there's a few different times in the movie that she comes to his rescue. She does. And that was, and that's basically his thing is yeah. he complains, he wallows in self-pity. He lets other people do stuff for him. Yeah, and you're like, you know what, bro? But that's the worst thing is I don't. he doesn't realize he's doing it. No. And no, that's the worst. He's yeah. Every everything's everyone else's fault. Um. Now, one thing I thought was super cute, and I already sent this to Mikey earlier today, um, is about Jason Mewes Jason playing Mewes, Jay. Yeah, right. This is so stinking cute. Okay. So, <laughs> so I mean, we all love Jason Mewes. Like, yes. And Jay is Jason Mewes. I mean, yeah. You know, and even when we were watching it, we we're like. Oh, he's definitely like high or drunk yeah, or something. Thumbs up. And we know so, he struggled with drug addiction yes, in various right. forms for a long time. So, um, <laughs> Kevin Smith specifically wrote the character Jay for Jason Muse. Like he had Jason Muse in mind for that role. Right. And Jason Muse was excited to do it, but was extremely shy and camera shy and terrified to act. So they had to get him nearly drunk before every take. To loosen um, him up. To loosen him up. Because he, he actually up. wanted to do a career in roofing. <laughs> what? Yes. That, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> that's, that's so New career. Jersey. Yeah, that's true, actually. Um, and so, like, one of the famous scenes of them dancing, or, well, yeah, I guess Kevin Smith ends up dancing, too. Yeah, but it's outside the bit. convenience yeah. store, like, kind of at night, and, like, he's just, they're listening to a boom box, and he's just dancing. In order to get him to do that comfortably... They just set up the camera and the lighting and everyone left. So it was just Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith in front of the the store with the music so that he would feel comfortable enough to dance. So just picture when you watch that scene, there's no no crew. I mean, honestly, like... That's how the scene was because everyone was like, in the store. Yes, there and and yes. that's the thing is they're hanging out outside selling weed all day long. Yes, um, but no, a lot of the lines that Jason Mewes says or Jay says, uh, he has a filthy mouth. Yeah, horribly <laughs> yeah. filthy mouth. But he's so like it just. That's the thing is I'm sure all of the lines were improvised because it I mean it just strikes me as like yeah I uh, let me picture the scene uh like you know late teenage guy yeah right yeah. stoner yeah you know outside of a convenience, convenience store, store in New Jersey yeah. in the 90s and this that's is the thing him. is the only time he stumbled while talking was when I think it was a scripted line because oh. I agree with you. I think the whole thing, I not maybe the whole thing, but I think a lot of his dialogue was um, improv. Right. But that time when Kevin, they're trying to steal candy, and that's yes. the one time Kevin yes. Smith talks. Um, before that, you see Jason Mewes is giving a line or delivering a line, and he stumbles, and he even does like the head shake reset. Yes, but they kept it. I wonder <laughs> what the other takes look like, man. And so that's where I'm like, oh, that's where he had a line. Like yeah. an actual scripted line. <laughs> Just let it roll. Just but let it's it roll. like so endearing to me. <laughs> yeah. No, it's one of those things, uh, you know, where like Jane Silent Bob strike back and uh, any of those movies like Mall Rats yeah. where they show up. It's it's interesting. They're kind of almost like the uh, if I'm getting a little like historical here, like the 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 Greek chorus. Ooh, in, yeah. You know, yeah, they, they observe like everything and they form an opinion and they interject when needed. When needed, yeah. But um, I think that's kind of like the whole thing about like Dogma and another Kevin Smith yeah. movies is like Jane Silent Bob are kind of like omnipotent characters. That they're like godlike You're blowing beings. my mind. No, yes. I think that's the thing is I think Kevin Smith mentioned that he wants to do one final movie with Jay and Silent Bob that like explains why they've always been in all these situations. Oh my god. I know. He- headcanon accepted. I think that's like yes. the view askewverse, like in a nutshell, is that they are like they're like watchers. I love that so that much. That they are like the watchers yes. for Marvel. I love that so much. But I mean, that being said, I think I don't know how you feeling. I think I'm ready for a rating. I'm ready. I mean, I even I even have it in oh, my notes this time. Snap. I remembered. So I didn't mention this before, so this will make sense. Uh, but when Dante comes to unlock the store, the the big metal doors that uh, cover the front of the store, 
have padlocks on them and someone, someone over the night gum stuck in gum there. in them. So Jerks. he couldn't open them. So my rating is out of five gummed up padlocks. <laughs> right. I assure you. I assure you we are <laughs> <We're> open. open. <laughs> um, I'm just because I had such a joy watching this and it's so relatable and it's a snapshot and it's a piece of, you know, nineties Americana. I'm going to give it five. This is the only second five I've second given. Five. Yeah, yeah, so five out of five gummed up padlocks. Yep, um, yep. I I would say, you know, at the end of the day, this is kind of the the lines and the pacing are of mixed quality because the thing I notice is everything else seems so like natural. Yeah. But the scenes where things are heightened a little bit yeah. are they come across as very unnatural. Mm -hmm. And uh, what what I like to, what I noticed a lot this, this time around was there were a lot of big blocks of text. Yes. Where big when you- Big monologues. Be, massive, massive In monologue. a dialogue. In, right. And, which is a little weird. Yeah, because like, I, you know, I, I've noticed this throughout uh, like any theater work I've done, movies I watch, TV shows. The flow of conversation is it does the director and the screenplay writer or the writer, the playwright have an ear for the flow of natural sounding conversation. And sometimes it's heightened on purpose, you know, and that makes sense. But when something is supposed to be realistic and it's not, it mm -hmm. stands out. It like does, yeah. for me, Scorsese in Raging Bull quintessential like the most realistic sounding dialogue of any film in my opinion mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i could literally make it sound like i stuck my ear up to yeah, a window yeah, yeah, yeah. and heard this taking right. place yeah but we could also say something like moonlighting john patrick shanley for moonlighting you know nicholas cage he took my hand <laughs> and he took my bride <laughs> and you're like what oh, the nicholas hell cage. But it's heightened and you go, okay, I dig it. I'm in this scene. Yeah. I'm, I'm living this, yeah. right? And I feel like Kevin Smith, for I didn't think he found his feet yet. All the stuff he wrote was good. It made sense. Yeah. It, it was a logical thought. Yeah. Uh, Randall, I think, is the best written character in this. Just because I feel like he's most thought out. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. but that was my thing was there were big blocks of text that were kind of like, okay, if I was having this conversation, yeah. I would have changed the topic at yeah. some point because you got you're just rambling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just much like I am right now. <laughs> so, Carly, what is your rating? <laughs> um, well, I also gave it a five out of five hey. slacker bunnies. Slacker bunnies, <laughs> which is the movie that inspired Kevin Smith. To be into filmmaking. What? Like I said in the beginning, slackers. Oh my gosh, what? Yes. <laughs> yes, it's... Oh, I didn't... Maybe I knew that way deep down when yeah, I came up with this. Yeah, buried in there. But no, it the movie buried. Slackers inspired Kevin Smith to get into filmmaking. Holy crap. Well, sorry, I didn't hear you say that earlier. Well, that's I was finding my fine. notes. I was finding my notes. That's fine. <laughs> but no, just like what you... like. I sat today and was trying to think while writing my notes, like, okay, what were your favorite scenes, A, B, and C? Okay, what what didn't you like? And I just was, like, staring at my computer. Right. And I was like, nothing. I liked everything. Yeah. I liked the whole movie. Like you said, like, there's moments where you go, oh, yeah, this is a movie. Right. Or they're you better know? than others, but yeah. there were but none that I'm like, eh. No, like, even the, even the big chunks of monologue, you know. Right. I still appreciate and I still like it. And like going back to the Library of Congress thing, like it it is a snapshot of the 90s, but it's also like a perfect image of what it is to work in retail and what it is to work in the service industry or any kind of service. Mm -hmm. Um food service, retail, customer service, whatever. And I know like for us like we talked about like that was a huge part of our young adult lives. Yeah. You it, know, it shaped, and I mean, it still honestly it is. It shaped a lot of how I view the world, how I view people, uh, because, you know, the way you treat people that you think 
serve you yes. says a lot of says everything about says a you lot about you says nothing about me nope. as the server it nope. says everything about you it says a lot i about mean and you. this can go deep into Woo, caring go. culture and tipping and whatever we but, could go into a thing. but that's not but, what we're here so for what i was gonna say is that i think it's a really 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 good insight into the struggle for um young adults or any or anyone working retail um the struggle to find balance between work relationships getting an education and just living your life in general like there is no balance like they always say like oh you need to have a healthy work-life balance that doesn't exist that's a myth that's a lie like we've been in the workforce we've been in the workforce all customer service right for over 15 years right i have never not once found a happy balance yeah between work and my life right and I think this is like the perfect example of that because Dante has not found that balance, which is why he's miserable. Right. But on the same token, Randall, he found the balance. He's just not good at his job. Right. You know what I mean? He, he found the balance that works for him mm-hmm. because he found a place that doesn't care mm-hmm. if he just, you know, slacks all I was going to say the other thing that I really like about this movie is all of the characters. We all know someone like Oh, this, yeah. Any of them. Oh, yeah. Or. Pick them out. Or us included are like little bits and pieces of each of the characters. Yes. No, I, <laughs> you know, yeah. I That's mean, why it's so relatable. Yeah. There's time. Exactly. And I think for me, I, for me, relatability when it comes to characters is everything that has to do with like likability. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like obviously I, I can't relate to the Mandalorian, you know, but I like him anyway. But you know, well, I can't relate to Peter Parker being Spider-Man. Right. But, but I can relate to Peter Parker. Exactly. And that's yeah. and and that is what encompasses this this movie for me aside mm-hmm. from the customer service aspect. Yeah. It's the um, really it's the people, it's yeah. the conversations and the way they are with each other, even the customers that come in, yeah. you're like, oh, I know someone like that. And we were, you know, we were <laughs> especially the Jewish man with the porno mag. He wanted to just. Have <laughs> I an mean, awesome I work mic. in a public library. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you know, especially at that time, knowing that they were in their early twenties. That was us, man. I oh, mean, yeah. working at Starbucks, we had to be at work at three thirty in the morning, Ugh. but we didn't care. We were young and dumb, and so we, and we stayed up all night in a coffee shop. Yeah, so we worked in a coffee shop, taking shots of espresso. Yeah, you yeah. would. We would. We would like stay up late drinking, yeah. come to work, still drunk. Yeah, <laughs> uh, take like four or five shots of espresso with some white mocha. Yell on at there. all your coworkers. Yell at all your coworkers. But then also make fun of the customers to your coworkers. Of course. <laughs> and then we were out of work by twelve in the afternoon. Yeah. Go home, take a nap, wake up, do it all over do it again. again. Like, you know, stay up late. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was. That's how it was. And like, you know, it sounds all fun, but it's like it was we, not fun. <laughs> there was, no, we're making it sound like a glorified was, early twenties. It was. No, it was horrible. You know, it was that work-life balance, it wasn't going to be provided to you. I'm not yeah, over here making millions on TikTok no. in, at that age, you know. So I had to work. I worked all throughout college, you know. You have to find the balance, just you like what Dante needs to do. You got to make the balance. You, the balance will not to, be there. It's not going to make it for you. You got to do it yourself. That's right. Well, that being said, with that little <laughs> nugget of wisdom. I know. <laughs> no, but no, it's good. This movie is great Some because Carmichael it, wisdom, wisdom for everybody. It, it's good because it, it stimulates conversation and anyone that's ever been in the service industry can relate to this. Oh, and 100%. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that being said, next week is going to be our episode before... Wait, it's our last <laughs> episode before Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. So um, next week, I don't know. I kind of felt a little weird. And I a was little like, weird. I felt a little weird. Hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, I don't know what I'm in the mood for. I know that we were kind of taking a break from the gore and stuff. Um, and I'm kind of digging that. I'm kind of feeling it. Yeah, I'm enjoying the, the lighthearted, well, light-hearted, semi-lighthearted yeah, it's light-hearted, yeah. yeah. Um, and so the room I was, is not lighthearted. No. I mean, the way we watch it, it is. <laughs> um, so I was like, you know what? I think I'm in the mood for a musical. And so uh, what I picked is another gem, like, I think it's early 90s. I don't want to say it's in the 80s. But oh, oh, it's oh. A, a fun little, I'm not, it's a musical of sorts <laughs> uh, called Cry Baby. Cry Baby. 
made famous because it is directed by the incomparable uh, John Waters, which is... It will go into detail because he is a lot more prolific than people give him credit for. It's one of those things that you're like, the John who? But then when you're like, oh, he did this, 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 and then you're like, wait, what? <laughs> um, and of course, Johnny Depp. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. you know, one of the Iggy first. Iggy Pops in it. Iggy Pops in it. One of the Ricky f- Lake, but I don't know who she was. The pregnant lady. Children. <gasps> that was Ricky Lake. Oh my God! Do you even know what Ricky I, Lake looks like? Yeah, I'm looking. I at used it. to watch the Ricky Lake TV oh, show see, I did back in the, the day, and I was like, show. "Yeah." When I watched the movie, I was like, "What? What? What the hell's going on?" <laughs> so yes, uh, Cry Baby. Um, me and my cousin love this movie. It's it's just a little. It's campy. Yeah, and it is uh, over the top, and it's goofy. It's 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 like comedic version of Grease. Yeah, it's like, it's like if Greece, Greece didn't was, take itself it, so seriously. Right, right. If Greece was dirtier and funnier. Ooh, yeah. It's like if Greece really embraced the rockabilly stuff yeah, of the fifties. Yeah. I mean, you know, and and we'll talk more about this next week. Yes. I mean, but you know, I, I grew up listening to the it. oldies. Go do it. Um, I grew up listening to, doo-wop. you know, 60s, doo-wop, Motown, yeah. all that kind of stuff, Frankie Valley, and, uh, you know, and as I got older, I've learned to appreciate, like, rockabilly music and, like, for Johnny sure. Cash yes. and all that kind of stuff, so I just, uh, I just live for this movie. It's so, uh, so dramatic. It's so dramatic. It's so dramatic. <laughs> and they literally, she drinks her tears. She drinks her, collects her tears in a jar, in a jar and, drinks and then drinks them, them. Oh, my, like, I mean, and... I just yeah. It's a good I, movie. It, it was a good it's time. A good movie. It's a good time. It's a good movie. It's yeah. fun. It's campy. It's and it goofy. has music. And it has music. Um, so that being said, fair listeners, um, next week, cry baby. Go watch it. Watch it now. <laughs> so uh you can be in the know if you're not in the know. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. All right, fair listeners. This has been Mikey. And Carly. And this is the Midnight Picture Show. Berserker. Oh! <laughs> 